climate crisis and the national strike. Okay, some big issues here. Um, climate crisis, I don't need to go into very far. Uh, it's getting bad a lot sooner than we thought it was going to. We don't have anywhere near the time the establishment would like you to think. Because people believe it's kind of one of the things that the propagandists have learned. That anything that's not happening like in the next couple of years, well, we do, well, I'll deal with that later. So if they can tell you that, well, we'll do something by 2050 and you'll buy into that, then, you know, they essentially, have, they've got the game. But here's what's happen what happens at 2050. <coughs> there is no 2050. Uh, it, it looks like Mars. It's all over with. The There's a, a whole bunch of chain reactions going on like okay you know we had never seen uh, fire go over the the uh, crest of the Sierras ever uh, and then this year two of them did it at the same time and uh, you know thousand year old trees are getting whacked and they're the these are uh, what I think the usual term is treetop fires. These are fires where yeah, we're not talking about it goes across the ground and it scorches the sides of the trees. The redwoods can take that. We're talking about fires where the heat is so intense that trees that haven't even been lit yet are heated up uh, and filled with steam and explode. Not even burned. Explode before they even burn. And then, of course, they burn really quick, having been blown up. And then, and then the next trees, and that's that's the kind of fires. It's almost unheard of phenomenon: fire tornadoes and the super hurricanes. The hurricane that comes ashore and travels and travels and travels. It goes all the way up from uh, the Gulf of Mexico and clear to New York. That's not that's not ever supposed to happen. Uh, and all the ice melting. I mean, just not some of it. The, the, the whole Arctic is going. And it's going very quickly. Most of it is already gone. So, uh, we're, if anything, uh, very close to, uh, um, you know, being wiped out already. In order to stop it, we have to stop extracting fossil fuels. Don't fall for the scam that they have with this, uh, the, the so-called uh, net zero. Net zero is not zero. Net zero is about this business where they have these offsets. And you can say, well, we've decided not to log this area and therefore we have this offset and we can sell it to someone else. And, of course, they're going to sell all the offsets of stuff they're not really going to do anyway. And then they just float a plan that they're going to do it. And then they, then they say, okay, we won't. And then they do an offset. And it's just the kind of typical brazen uh, hypocrisy that you expect from capitalism. So, uh, don't listen to that one. It basically, the the... 
the thing to count is once they get it out of the ground, you know, it, it's probably a lost cause. I mean, I would make them put it back in the ground, but you know, you're basically probably not going to be seeing that. We might take some old. It's it's a thought I've had is suppose you took like an old uh, dry field and uh, there's millions of barrels of space down there that held petroleum for millions of years and you could take like bad gas out of the tanks of uh, cars that have been wrecked and um, and sludgy crud out of um, recycling plastics to make the with these plasma things and you know just various stuff like that and you could uh, pour it down there and and mother nature could hold on to it for a few million years just like the crude oil and it would be some horrible crud well, that's what crude oil is is horrible crud so it's a thought but basically once they get it out of the ground, they're going to use it, and that's just that's the way it goes. 100 companies are responsible for 41% of the uh, fossil fuels used. They dreamed up, uh, the oil companies dreamed up, the idea of your carbon footprint. Um, and it's an old scam. It's the same one that they used to do all their the, the, the air pollution um stuff forever in six days was we'll make air pollution control unpopular by putting a whole bunch of junk on your car that makes it run like crap use more fuel which it's <laughs> causes more of the problem actually right and then uh, uh, this will cost you a whole lot of money and then you'll be against pollution controls meanwhile the smokestacks are spewing you know full bore because somehow or other the Clean Air Act didn't mean what it said and, 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 and any corrupt judge can tell you that well okay been there done that seen it got the t-shirt uh, da 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 now how are we gonna set down the oil companies well Congress isn't gonna do it because Congress belongs to the oil companies the court is not going to do it because the court belongs to the oil companies and who does the president belong to and that's not going to change because you change parties so if anybody tells you that the the democrats are the solution uh you, I mean, you know you can talk to ignorant people that are that are completely misinformed and try to straighten their heads out i don't know i I would rather spend my time uh, talking with people that support Trump, in which I live in West Texas, and I talk to people all the time. Good people, nice guys, that, that, that they think somehow that, that this Trump crap is the solution. And they need to be, you need to go to somebody with like that with this, well, what happened to the American dream? Who took it away from you? Wasn't it the oligarchs? Why do the oligarchs own everything? Tell me something else. How come your wages are so fucking low? You got, you know, you went to uh, um, a track builder in, uh, in like, uh, uh, you know, 1950 or something and said, hey, I'm a carpenter, I need a job. They'd say, get your belt, get yourselves, go. 
And then, like the you know, the second day on the job, the boss would come over and say, "Oh, this is." I, mean, I heard this from guys that were there, you know, and guy says, "I would have gone the second day on the job. I would have come over to you, Drake, and I would have said, hey, 'Hey, you're a uh, um, you're a good carpenter. What do you think of staying around here? What do you think of working for me for a couple of years? We're going to build this whole track to here. I want you to stay.'" And um, I can and I can finance you into one of these houses. So you got the model homes; those are down at the at the entry. And then you've got the first ones that they built, which build which are way back in the back, uh, because uh, when you're when you're selling, when you're showing, here's your. You know, you don't want like all the concrete trucks and stuff rolling past the the new house that you're trying to sell. You're right, something. So that's the deal. They they build from the back, except they put the models way up in the front, right by the highway. And so they would have sold me one of those. Well, uh, when. When I got into carpentry in the 70s, I mean, well, I was born with a silver framing hammer in my mouth, but but it wasn't silver, though, it turns out. It was just regular carbon steel one, it was, but it was a good framing hammer. Um, still have that framing hammer. No, not really. No, no. But I was not born with a framing hammer. Okay. But uh, the thing is, uh, when I came along, you already needed... Uh, a down payment that was like beyond any amount of money that I could imagine ever seeing in one place. And you thought about saving it. Well, if I got this job and I worked a whole lot of overtime and I lived really cheap and I could save like a couple thousand here and a couple thousand there. And then you look and the amount that you need for a down payment has gone up like more than the amount you were even thinking that you could ever save. Okay, how did all that happen to us? Well, it was the oligarchy that did it, and they drove your wages down, and they trashed the unions, and the Democrats were right there helping the whole damn time. So F the Democrats, F the Republicans, no solution there. If you want to play around in the electoral process, vote green. I don't think there's an, electric, uh, an electoral solution to the problem we're in. I, I think basically there's going to be a communist revolution, and the... And the that's the only thing that even might work and it will happen because it's the only thing there's a, that gives us a chance but this is not the most popular uh, line in the world and um, and you can't say let's have a revolution because that's that's sedition although uh, Trump trying to have a coup is not sedition anyway so this is the problem we find ourselves in, is that we are not going to adequately meet the climate crisis without knocking out capitalism. It's not going to happen. Period. End of effing story. It's not going to work. Okay, so now, how can we destroy capitalism when they have like control over all of the structures of power? We've got the people, that's it. We've maybe got the people. That's why I tell you, tell, talk to your Trump voting friends and tell them, hey, you know, you tell me that you go to church, remember the golden rule, 
What did Jesus say about the poor? Why are your wages so low? How come you're not living the American dream? Why are you shilling for these people when you're living in a crappy house and the toilet doesn't flush right? What's all this about? And maybe some of them, we'd need to get a lot of them. We need to, to, to move a few neurons around in their heads. We don't want to fight them all. They're our brothers. We just gotta somehow get through to them that this is no, 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 no. Do we? No. <clears throat> now, so what have we got to help us? Well, one thing that's really encouraging is this CELAC, which is a community of Latin American and Caribbean states. And it's a new thing, and, and everybody but Brazil is a member. Uh, Brazil left, you know, when Bolsonaro took over. Well, I think that's when they, they left. And uh, so it's basically the pink tide thing. Well, the United States, in its um, astonishing decline, uh, can't take on Latin America all at once. I mean, we couldn't even beat Afghanistan. So, <laughs> and and this is not a new thing. We couldn't be beat Vietnam either, which, by the way, is doing much better than we are. Okay, so how are we going to bring this thing down? We don't want to bring it down on our own heads. So, like, the people talk about a, a national uh, strike. It's a good idea, um, but... Um, like I've been uh, messaging with Afeni, who is a, a real uh, famous uh, um, uh, well, she's in the Fred Hampton leftists. Uh, she's famous for uh, uh, mutual aid, and uh, and it's it's very well well worth listening to what she has to say about mutual aid and a lot of things and she's right spot on just about everything um so but don't don't stop watching this or listening to this to, just to you can listen to this and then you can uh, look for her too uh but uh we need mutual aid i'm assuming that the the uh uh food distribution system is is gonna um, not maybe outright fail but it's gonna get into very bad shape you know that the supply chains are already all screwed up and one of the reasons is they can't get anybody to drive a truck because they don't want to pay truck drivers worth a damn and it's a very dangerous tedious job that requires actually quite a bit of skill that's why your computer can't do it because well, you just can't come up and say, uh, unable to access system file emergency braking, okay, and a little box comes up. Yeah, I'm just I'm going to drive into a bridge abutment now. Um, no. Self-crashing trucks are not going to be the solution. Um, and they aren't going to get drivers. The way they've treated drivers, they've made a science out of making it completely worth, not worth your while. I mean... You, you, you eat garbage food at these buffets that you pay 10 prices for. Go into the truck stop that the, that the uh, company sent you to because they have a cheap price on fuel. And then, of course, the, then they make it up on the driver by charging a whole lot for their lousy restaurant. You know, whereas in a rational world, 
now you would pick the one that has the best restaurant and then and then they they would like uh you know have to argue with the bosses a little bit but you know you'd be saying like well i gotta go to one that has a decent place to eat but you don't and you just live in a truck and you so you're just like basically a homeless guy who works all the time and when you ha when you have time off you're in a truck stop so yeah no kidding they don't have enough drivers they said that in like y2k and when when i went to truck driving school and they're still saying it national driver shortage it's a national sucker shortage don't be one don't drive a truck so uh we're gonna have to to shut some stuff down and this is the trucks are perfect right because they have this just-in-time shipping which means that absolute anything goes wrong they won't have the stuff they need in time it's a complete moron's idea of how to save money <laughs> not by not having a stockpile even for just to cover you for a couple of weeks i mean i you know i would think like say if i was doing like my uh well, i don't know i made those mesquite i made turn mesquite pipe mesquite pipes on lathe well if that would have paid you know i would have tried to get myself a uh you know an adequate bunch of mesquite ready and have it there and so that like if i had problems finding the stuff i needed well you know i mean i could go for a long time without it but that's not how they do it at all so here's the weaknesses in the system the longshoremen can shut them down anytime and the longshoremen are pretty strong union so that's pretty good the teamsters and if you're foolish enough to drive a truck you should at least go and stick your employer with the teamsters or the IWW if you really want to stick it to them uh, because you know because we are seriously the the, the IWW is called the wobblies too we are seriously like for change and you know, the IWW is not I don't think it's gonna be like one of these bought-off little unions that says yes whatever you say daddy no their IWW is a little bit rougher than that now we want to shut these things down okay but not the food distribution and like I said uh, listen to Feeney and listen to other people about this we need to start thinking in terms of like okay somebody is able to buy say uh, uh, some wheat hopefully stuff that's not sprayed with glyphosate uh, 10 days before harvest like most of it is and uh, we get those 50 gallon pickle barrels and we could put wheat in there and then so uh, somebody that's got like you know a one-ton truck or whatever or a big trailer would take a bunch of pickle barrels and the neighborhood would uh, finance them and then um, we'd spread those pickle barrels out you know the neighborhood would remember how they used to raise barns people raised barns together we're gonna have to do that again which is a good thing it makes everybody it's such it's so good to, to participate in this is something that people tell you about the mutual aid thing it's so it's so neat like that say um if i had a mutual aid deal going here that well i see all these old clothes and i'm like wow well, you know i got fat when my legs went out on me 
I got all these good things though that are like, you know, t-shirts and socks in them, and there's my legs swell and I can't wear this and da 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 da. But somebody else look at it and they can say, oh man, I can use these. I can take. Oh, let me have that and <clears throat> and sure. And it's it's great to take some, hand something to somebody that you didn't even really hardly want or that you can easily do without, and then and they're like saved, you know. Somebody goes out to the park and sees a guy sleeping on the bench, and instead of forming judgment about how terrible this guy must be that's sleeping on the bench, you know, you come out there, you look at your, you look in your blankets, and you go, oh no, they, you know, I haven't used this one here in years. It's just taking up space anyway. And you pack that blanket up under your arm, and you go strolling down to the park and and uh, sneak up on the guy and put the blanket over him, not over his head, I mean. If you just put the blanket on him. And it would really be cool as if the guy's like laying there with the newspapers and stuff and was fast asleep and you could do it so slick that he wakes up in the morning and says, where the hell did this blanket come from? No wonder I got a good night's sleep. This is, oh, it's so great to do stuff for people. It's so easy. It's so, it's so easy. You have things that you're good at. Like I'm pretty good at gardening. So I bought, um... What did I buy? 6,000, no, no, six, twelve thousand 12,000 radish seed, two pounds. Um, and I have about a 50 by 100 area. And I'm planning on disking that. And then I'm going to get in. I'm getting some sand for it too this, this week. I'm going to disk it. And when the fall rains start, I'm going to put those radishes out there. And hopefully sometime early spring... I'm going to have tons of radishes and radish greens and, and turnips, too, I'm going to put out there. And uh, and I'll be giving them away to, around the neighborhood. And anybody that, that likes turnip greens, man, they'll, they'll have turnip greens. If we don't have it, if we're short on stuff to eat, at least we'll have turnip greens. Um, and there's canning, too, you know, if you can, if don't ever throw away a usable uh canning jar even if you don't ever use them just uh you know wash them and and put the lids on them and everything and just pack them into a box and stick them in the back corner of the of the way back underneath and in behind some other stuff and just wait until somebody says yeah i was trying to buy canning jars and they were out and you aha i got some good ones if you buy them the quart uh, wide mouse i think are the 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 ones for uh, what we're going to want to be doing. The, the wide mouth is the best and the quart is the big one and you can take that thing and um, like say slice up something like a, a summer squash you know doesn't last very long like the uh, straight necks. Um, winter squash different thing like you can save uh, uh, spaghetti squash and acorn squash for months and months. The old root cellar concept. So, we'll be doing all those things. Now, how do we destroy capitalism? Well, we're going to uh, shut down the stuff that they want first. Okay, so, uh, no truck for the champagne. No fuel for the trucks that are, that are hauling non-food things. Uh, no, uh, no truck to stop to, to deliver parts for private jets. Um, 
and uh, uh, um, and all these uh, uh, luxury things close them down um, refuse to ship for them refuse to buy from them never shop Amazon um, and the national strikes the thing is we're going to be exacerbating the already screwed up supply chains, right? But not the part, not for staple foods. You don't want to stop the milk from coming through. You don't want to stop the bread from coming through. You really don't want like to stop the large bags of flour and stuff like that. But, uh, but caviar, sure. Or, um, I mean, maybe it'll fall off the truck, too. That's always a possibility. And, um, the, the, the supply of these luxury things being cut back uh, will put pressure on the 1%. But what you really want to do is to ruin their businesses. So, for instance, well, they've got the factory farm that you don't like. Okay, well, if you can, like, nobody will take a truck there, nobody will take a truck away from there. Nobody will, nobody brings them uh, all the grain that they want to waste feeding pigs. Nobody will sell them antibiotics to give to the pigs, which pigs should not be eating antibiotics. You know that. I know that. Veterans should be, uh, um, you know, ready to defend their turf. Um... What's going to happen to, uh, what are, when they finally do these evictions, and you know they're going to do them sooner or later, even though they've got like 26 empty houses for every homeless person, they're going to put like uh, tens of millions of people on the street. That's part of their plan. Now, you know, I mean, somebody could pitch a tent in my backyard. Yeah, they, we can do a little of that. Uh, and we will. Uh, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll find somewhere to put, uh, I hope somebody can be hip enough, like to have, uh, you know, an auto wrecker and just say, well, you know, we'll, we'll put the old, um, uh, vans and stuff over here and then like, I'll just let people move into them. And, uh. Joe down the street's got a backhoe and he'll just dig a big hole and we'll have a, an outhouse and uh, I'll run a PVC pipe back there and put a spigot on it. We may we may get to the point where like I've got a well but I need uh, but my pump uh, runs on electricity. What if they turn the electric off? I want solar cells so I'll, so that I would have a solution. But if I don't get that. Well, maybe somebody else is going to come along and say, well, I have a generator on my farm truck, so I can go over and, and pull the farm truck in there and, with my uh, water trailer behind me and start up your well pump and then pick up like 2,000 gallons of water out of the well. and take that and other people can use it at the same time 
we're trying to make these things not pay, like the uh, the gasoline companies, to not pay. And you know they're they're thinking like people are going to do stuff like you know uh, throw the gas hose and and light it and all kind of anarchist type thing, comic book anarchist things, not real anarchist things. And somebody may do some stuff like that, and I guess, you know, if it was, some of the independent stations are just, just one guy. I used to know a guy in Eugene, Oregon, that he's had a little bitty gas station, and they worked on cars, and he didn't make very much money at all. Uh, but, you know, the people, if they're going to sabotage, I hope they sabotage, like, the company stations. And, um... Uh, and they can do things like refusing to uh, um, to drive the gasoline trucks. So, well, there just isn't gas. Or there's like a real limited amount of it. And the rich people, of course, are going to try to like get it delivered and have tons of it. So you got to think about how how much you can really throttle them back with that tool. But I think. Well, now here's another thing too: is is they depend for their whole rich thing on other people's work. Remember, they don't ever work, so uh, even just in their house, what fun would it be to be a billionaire if you couldn't hire a maid? So suppose the national strike thing is: we 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 say no, now you're not going to work for these people, right? That's going to be everybody's going to refuse. To, to go to Al Gore's mansion or to uh, uh, Obama's mansion and do the maid thing. And, and they'll be out pushing for to get somebody and they're going to try to bring in illegal aliens because that, that's one of their big tricks is, they, is they, they get illegal aliens that can't complain about working conditions and they and they use them to drive down your wages uh, and that's so i'm just going to mention this in passing this is something that we've got to strike don't let them tell you that because you don't want open borders that you're not a lefty that's bs nobody's got open borders if, if countries had open borders i'd move to denmark they don't have open borders. It's just not that nobody does that. So, not nobody, but almost nobody does. So, um, now as far as I think you could say, well, we lost a million people to COVID. Um, and so we can take some in. Well, since we established socialism, yeah, of course we can. I want to rebuild the infrastructure and all that. As soon as we get the capitalists put out of business, I'm all for bringing, I don't know what, uh, 100,000 Haitians would be fine. We're good folks. And uh, we can take people out from uh, Latin America. Also, with the national strike thing, uh, remember that that they steal a lot of the stuff that they're using to build the things that we don't even want them building anyway. Okay, so 
you can stop them at the theft point. You can say, no, we're, you're not going to take this from Africa because Africa's got a, a club that's like CELAC, and, and they're all going to say, no, you can't. No, we won't sell that for that price. And the United States will say, well, we're going to invade you and sanction you. And then they'll say, fine, just try it, pal. And then the United States looks up and finds that, uh, you know, that they're, they're in the, the UN General Assembly has decided that, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, 141 nations have said that they favor sanctioning the piss out of the United States. And then what? And then they'll say, no, you can't have that. You can't have this. You can put diamonds? No, we won't sell them to you. I mean, they'll still get... Rich people still get their diamonds, I know. But... We cut their supplies off on these things, and it makes the... Then the business is not profitable. Um, the U.S. has stolen ships. You know, like what... I think it was an Iranian tanker... They seized the thing on the high seas, took it, because it was violating their sanctions, which are unlawful under international law, seized the tanker. Well, then, uh, why can't the rest of the world do that to the United States? What are they going to threaten them with? A nuclear war? What if, what if you've got the bomb too? Okay, they'll say no. You, know, you do it to us, we can do it to you. And um, terrorism, they can start catching American war criminals. Henry Kissinger gets off of a, a plane somewhere in Europe, and a couple guys come up to him and say, "You're under arrest." And it's, uh, Kissinger says, "Well, no, there's uh, they can't extradite me uh, from 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 this country. There's no extradition treaty. There's no." Agreement, of course, you know, there's no, and they just say, yeah. yeah, remember the Mossad, how the Mossad does it, the way the United States does it? No, you're grabbed, you're screwed. Get in the trunk. Or else. And then just haul him away. And try him. And convict him and put him in a cell. The rest of the world is going to have to stop taking this crap from the United States. It's as simple as that. It's good. They're going to have to help us. But we have to make the move because the rest of the world is kind of sitting saying, well, what the heck is going to happen in the United States? General strike. We're going to try it on October 15th. And like everybody says, well, it's not going to work. No, screw you. Don't. I don't want to listen to that. Of course it's going to work. It's just how well it's going to work. Okay, so... We go through one time and it works, but not as well as we want. And we then we analyze that and then we say, okay, next time we're going to do it for longer and we're going to do this. And we've lined out these things and now they're not going to have any truck drivers. And somebody tells me, hey, we, I, we know that you know how to drive a truck, so we're putting you to work. And I'll say, no, I won't do it. If you want me to take a refrigerated truck which is what I used to drive and go from like the uh, producers uh, 
right out and you know we'll go to the food desert and park the refrigerated truck and and just start saying come on you uh, uh, neighborhood uh, mutual aid societies come on down here and buy uh, apples by the case from us not not at a profit but just enough to, to pay for fuel and stuff that we need we go into the we pull into the to the truck stop and uh, and they say oh yeah uh, yeah fuel it up great oh yeah mutual aid societies okay you guys can go and somebody else comes up and they say huh oh wait wait a minute uh, parts Cadillac parts <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good one. Cadillac parts. We're gonna bring Cadillac parts through here. Okay, guy. Just, just forget. It. Give me your keys. You're not going anywhere. Uh, but the good news is, the buffet is free, and the video games I'll give you tokens, and you can just hang out, and you can use the washing machines for free, and all the rest of that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but. There's a general strike on. I can't put fuel in that truck. That's not. That's not happening. And so, you're, you're you know you're just you're grounded. That's all. And then we would finally have somebody that would make a good dinner at the truck stop. And some of the people that own these truck stops, the, the small ones, would be, be like, okay, we'll just. Uh, I just can't afford to lose my ass on this. I'm all for it. And some of them, like these giant corporations, well, I, you know, you're probably just going to have to say, well, your employees have volunteered to, like, um, to, to keep the premises safe and stuff like that. And, and, but we're going to give away food. And then, um, uh, if, and if you don't like that, then we'll just all leave. And um, it'll take about, you know, um, 30 seconds for somebody to get on CB radio and say, hey, everybody at the XYZ truck stop left. There's, there's nobody here. The whole place is empty except for the trucks out in the lot. And um, there's somebody's going to force a door open to go use the washing machines because they're all their clothes are dirty if nothing else or they need to take a shower and then other people are going to come and they can they say hey i always wanted these the the chrome girls on that go on your uh yeah i think i'll take these there, if you don't have, if you're a billionaire, you don't have people to watch your stuff and clean your stuff and do all the stuff for you. You might as well not be a billionaire. And that's what we're going to eventually, we'll get around to if it gets really, really hard is we're going to get around to, to like a barter system and a mutual aid system where like you come to the truck stop and they say, Oh, who are you? Oh, um, uh, my name's Drake, and I'm with uh, the the Texas Communist Party, and I'm uh, driving a mutual aid load to um, Abilene, Texas. And I'm like, oh, okay, um, that's fine. Um, 
Yeah, we can put some fuel in that. And then just the, the guys with the fuel trucks, well, they go out to the refinery and the refinery employees are fine. Yeah, we can, we'll fill this up. And they've just, they've asked the people that own the refinery, well, let's say, well, uh, can we stay and, and give away fuel and protect everything? Or should we just all leave and like let the anarchists light the whole refinery on fire? It's up to you. But somebody will do it, right? Somebody will do it. If you don't leave, if you, there's nobody to stop them. Somebody will light the refinery on fire. Were you going to put the cops out there? Who's going to be a cop? Why? Who wants to be a cop? I don't. I won't do that. I've been a, a correctional officer before, but I wouldn't. I won't do it now. I'm. I worked in. Uh, a, well, it was complicated, but uh, state prison and also uh, detention center. Uh, and I never saw anybody the way of any of the kind of crap that I, I see is doing. I'm, I would have walked off the job immediately. And so would most of the guys that I worked with. We wouldn't have put up with that. We're a bunch of guys from West Texas, man, that just needed a job. And our county built this this prison. And, uh, you know, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you something a lot of people don't understand about corrections. And it's the same thing, you know, with, with inequality enforcement everywhere. And that is... Okay, I couldn't let people out. That's I couldn't do that. But uh, say, would we transported people? Oh, I can. I transport some people in, and I say, um, I arrive in. I say, hey, Sarge. I got some people that we just brought from X Y Z wherever the heck we went. And, um, and, and they didn't get, uh, they didn't get dinner there. And so, you know, like, yeah, the, the jail standards are, are pretty rugged, but you can't starve people, but, but they don't have to get like every meal on time, which, you know, whatever. But, but if I go as a CO into the kitchen and everybody, hey, Kofod, what's happening? Hey, I just brought some guys in. They haven't had dinner. Now, Sarge told me I could, I could get, I've got uh, eight of them. Sarge told me I could come and get something if you got anything left over. Well, they've got something left over when I ask. And they, and also they know they're helping out these other guys and just a fellow detainee that came from somewhere. The whole system is crap, but you can make the you can make the the suffering a lot less by just putting a little bit of effort into it. But still, I would you know I'm not gonna I won't go to bat for them uh, again. Uh, because I don't have to, and and uh, you know I took that job because I had to buy groceries, and uh, and now uh, well I'm retired. I'm on Social Security, and uh, we'll get everybody covered with this mutual aid and everything. 
so that they can't force people. They won't need that job. And I'm not sure how we'll limit in, uh, immigration, but I suspect that in the middle of massive unrest in the United States, you're not going to get a ton of people coming here anyway. I just hope they're all communists. And so I've gone rattled on here for 44 minutes, and I'm I'm entertaining the theory that people kind of like along one of these things, and that they turn it on and wash the dishes and mop the floor and sort through their clothes and stuff like that, and and pay some attention to what I'm saying, but I don't push you with a lot of hard to visualize statistics and stuff like that because. You know, I don't think you're sitting here taking notes and rapidly attending to what I say. And so with that, I'm done.